You're listening to the Defro Airsoft Podcast. Hosted by Stuart Rowe. Meet the legend. Meet the legend. Get to know a local Airsoft legend as we take a deep dive and find out all about their call sign, equipment, local airsoft scene, play style, dreams, and the story behind their best Instagram photos. Now, let's meet today's legend. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Rowe. Welcome to the Death Row Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with local legend, New Jersey native, slow QB specialist, videographer, YouTuber, owner of LittleMissAirsoft.com. Well, Little Miss Airsoft. Thank you for coming. Hey guys. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. This is great. Cool. I, I love your gun wall in the back. Uh, <laughs> how, how many guns are there in your room? Um... I think there's five right now. I have a big DMR on the bottom that kind of takes up most of the space, but a lot of them are in my car right now. That, I that like your fantastic. gun wall too. <laughs> I, I need more guns in my car. <laughs> All right. So but before we start, let me shamelessly just plug some new merch. Here we Please. have the uh, Defro patches. These are about $7 US with free shipping worldwide. We've got the Defro hats. There's also t-shirts, hoodies, and other goodness at defroairsoft.com. Links below. You know, grab some merch and you can look cool like me. All right. Uh, let's jump in. Awesome. So round one, uh, behind the call sign, uh, you have a very unique uh, call sign for Airsoft. So can you tell me all about uh, Little Miss Airsoft? So it's actually pretty much what you would think it would be. It's nothing... It's not very interesting at all. I know everybody gets like a super interesting call sign given to them. Um, I'm just short and a lady. <laughs> so and someone else playing with people. Sorry. And unmarried? Uh yes, unmarried. So yeah, I'm just short and everybody would just call me little miss and it just caught on and just that's where I am now. <laughs> Is it related to the the little miss books, like the Mr. Men books? No, no, no. That, but that I've is been... like a great illustration that you could make. Like you could do like the Little Miss style, but then you could change it to be airsoft. And that's that's a pretty cool patch idea. It is. And funny you mentioned that because I was actually on her page uh, on the Instagram asking her for like almost two weeks for her to make it Little Miss airsoft. She didn't. So I made like a really terrible one for for a story once but i actually like that for a patch idea for sure yeah nice okay yeah, definitely gonna do that <laughs> so people get into airsoft by many different means uh for me i just found out about airsoft by accident i walked into an electronic store in tokyo and found they had a whole floor of guns i didn't know <laughs> what these were but i was immediately interested and when i found out i could shoot people with them I was more interested. How about you? How did you get into airsoft? Yeah, shooting people is definitely the best part. Um, uh, it's a majority of, I mean, I would say it's two things for sure. Um, I was watching Swamp Snipers videos before I actually knew what airsoft was. 
and then years later I met Billy who I'm dating now and he ended up buying just like an airsoft Glock and he was shooting it in my mom's backyard and then I shot it and it was just downhill from there downhill yeah. immediately <laughs> just it's so much fun like when you fire yeah. a uh, glass uh, gas blowback for the first time you're like oh that that's oddly satisfying it, it is so satisfying so yeah it's it started very rapidly from the first time that I shot an airsoft gun and then I put two and two together and now I'm actually going to Balahack soon. So, you know. Oh, nice. Balahack is dope. Like you see all their clips on YouTube and yes, that is a really good looking airsoft field. I, I really want to play there. Yeah. the I'm going to Rev 11 and that was the first, you know, Rev was the thing that I was watching on YouTube before I even knew what airsoft was. I just really like the apocalyptic survival aspect of it and they could do it in real life. So that's definitely what got me into it. And it's really cool that it's come for full circle now. Nice. Are you doing like a full Mad Max cosplay or are you going to be sticking more to an airsoft loadout? Oh yeah, no, I'm actually filming a video of my full um, like kit making process for, for Balahack. I'm so pumped. You'll see. Oh. <laughs> nice um tag me in the pics and i'll try and uh promote them for you as well like hey you know, free advertising I appreciate that. thank you <laughs> all right so everyone remembers their first gun uh, my first gun was a garbage 1911 colt commander that i picked up at a used uh store in uh, tokyo for about ten dollars single stack magazine uh fixed slide but it was a lot of fun to shoot cans in my apartment with not very okay. useful in a game though how about you? Do you remember your first gun? Uh, I mean, so my mom used to buy me uh, just like BB, like airsoft, not BB guns, airsoft guns, springers from Tractor Supply for fun. Um, but like my first, like legit, I guess, airsoft gun was a uh, GNG combat machine. And <laughs> That's everyone's first gun. The but CM16. <laughs> it was so embarrassing what I did with it. And I know a lot of airsofters can relate to this too. Is where there was space to put an attachment, I did. I the pretended fuck? this combat machine was a full DMR. <laughs> so bad. Uh, You're not but... the first person to do that. You're describing every airsofter ever. Yeah. But, you know, it was fun. It was fun at the time. Like, what's better than one pick box? Three pick box. <laughs> I had a bipod on it. I had like the front scope, the side scope, uh, a laser, a flash. Like, it. Oh, yeah. There's pictures somewhere. If you scroll down far enough, you will see it. Yeah. My, my favorite pointless mod is my uh, Predator um, mod on my uh, M4. So I got three uh, lasers. Uh, one on the left, one on the right, and one on the bottom of the rail. So when I turn all three lasers on, I get the predator mark, and I don't need to uh, adjust the lasers for distance because they're all set to infinity. So it doesn't matter like where the lasers point; the BB is always going to hit in the middle of the three lasers. I mean, that's it's not pointless. That's that's pretty epic. See, mine was just like overkill, you know, like yours had a, has a purpose. It, it ah, actually but, but cool. lasers Ooh, are outlawed at every field in Japan. No way, really? Yeah, we can't use lasers. 
Oh, wow. That's crazy. I can use it in my house. <laughs> so, okay. Touche. Pointless. Yeah. Pointless Point attached. <laughs> but and no, I, makes I, you happy. I did, I did it twice. I did that to two guns because, you know, I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's really the reason why we do anything in Airsoft, because we can, not because exactly. we should. Because we're grown adults playing with toy guns and we do what we want. Basically, just men, man, children, man, yes. children. <laughs> so different players have different strengths and weaknesses. Basically, uh, my, well, my biggest weakness is that I am way too loud and I just give my position away. But my biggest strength is I'm loud and I can intimidate other players. So, you know, double-edged sword. Very similar to you, my strength is also my weakness. Um, slow QB, you know, slow and steady. I try to calculate every move, but when I'm indoors, sometimes it's not the best. But uh, I still manage to, you know, do what I got to do indoors. But like, it's just, I feel like it's more of a strength than a weakness most of the time. People think you have to be fast indoors constantly. I don't think that's always true. But there are definitely times you need to be, and I am not. I am not that fast. Yeah. Are you familiar with UAB? UAV, like ultimate drones? battles. No. Okay. Um, you're basically describing UAB. So UAB is a style that exists in Japan, and mm -hmm. a good way to summarize it is slow QB. It's basically CQB, but you don't move. You basically just camp and then try to quick shot people. Um, it's a style that I absolutely despise. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would like that either. But so that... it is, for me, it, for me, it's not fun because there's no movement. And I find that all the fun in Airsoft comes from, from a very scientific perspective, dynamic problem solving. And that comes from movement. Uh, if you're stationary, the game is less fun. Yeah, so I'm definitely not stationary. I just, I'm four foot 11 and I have asthma. So I just move a little bit slower than than everyone else. But you but still yeah, move, right? Yeah, I still move. I, I'm still going around. I just, I feel like I'm more calculated in my decisions with, you know, depending on where I go, maybe a little bit more sneaky because I'm shorter so I can get into other places quicker. But like, I, I would definitely not say I'm stationary no way but yeah that I, I don't think i would like that either <laughs> well, you'd like uh, airsoft in japan because at our indoor fields you're not allowed to run and you you normally don't have to no you're not allowed to it's against the rules oh wow really yeah and you have one game uh one uh there's no respawn so you just have one life and because of that that's why japan has such a defensive style interesting yeah so for me it's hmm. it's it sucks because <laughs> i you know i want to play assault that's that's what i like playing i i've played the other forms i can but assault's fun so i want to play assault and when i have to play assault on a walking field it is not in my best interest and we're not allowed to use shields because if we could use shields i, I would have no problem with slow assault but Part of assault is you have to rush people down and you can't rush people down when you're walking. I see, I don't walk either. Like I would, I run, but like, I again, I'm just slow, but like, I don't know if I would like that. 
oh, I don't like that. I don't know if I like that. We we have like our competitive fields, like where they have like speed soft tournaments and stuff. They yeah. allow running, but That's just our cool. regular indoor fields, yeah, it's no running. That blows no my mind. Walking, no tactical walking. It's like no, you have to walk. I'm like, I don't want to walk. <laughs> also, I'm I'm six three. I'm a monster. Like my walk is fast oh. as fast <laughs> as you run. So you'd be good at it. You'd be kicking everybody's ass in there. I, I have to tiptoe. I, I get yelled at by a staff every second game. They're like, Defro, walk. I'm like, ah. I have to watch a video on this now. I had no clue. That That's pretty amazing. I'm very interested. I, I mean, if I ever had the chance to do it, I'd still do it just to, just to experience it. But that's crazy. Yeah, I can send you some links, but like, the two fields near me that are the strictest for this, they're like chains or franchises. One is called Brave Point and one is called Asobi Bar. And they both have the uh, walking only rule and the three tap rule. But I was talking to some Americans recently and you guys have a four tap rule. So it's much of a muchness. What do you mean? Just four shots and that's it? Well, four shots and then a break. So you can do like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. More than that is overkill. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like everybody either will either do like a one or two or just completely exceed that and mag dumb people. Yeah, it's, it seems to be really field specific. So some fields yeah. uh, will put a tap in place, but I've only heard so far of one field uh, that has a account, but in Japan, it's, it's very normal. I mean, that's good. I feel like that would eliminate a lot of issues for sure but you know it's it's japan though so everyone's like well behaved anyway so <laughs> you don't really need rules like this but it's so crazy to hear like the complete like things are blowing my mind that you're saying because it's just so different in the u.s like we don't have like a at least near me um i'm on the east coast of the u.s and um i I never heard like a field that actually implements like a one or two or three tap rule. Um, and I feel like no one really, I mean, if you're a respectable player, which in the field that I've been playing at now, you know, you would just do a one or two tap, but I mean, I've seen a lot worse and like no one really, like that's not really uh, against the rules. It is frowned upon in the community, but people will still do it. Yeah. So I was just talking to um, Airsoft to Sam uh, this morning, and mm -hmm. she was saying that in her local field in SoCal, uh, they have the four tap. But that's the only field so far I've heard of in America that has, you know, these regulations. Yeah. So I've actually tra traveled to uh, Southern California, and I actually really like their fields there, the way they're running things. And everybody's just super down to earth, super chill. I, I cannot wait to go back. It was so fun nice it's, it's all about just playing with the right people if you have the right people yeah. any any game is fun any rules are fun but the mm -hmm. people really make or break the game oh for sure 100 all right so this is similar to how you started airsoft but the reason why people play airsoft is so different i find uh lots of people will play airsoft simply because of the physical benefit other people will play because the community uh, recently, a lot of people have been telling me about the mental health benefits that um, Airsoft has. Uh, for me, I just enjoy hunting other humans. <laughs> um, so um, I play Airsoft because, uh, I mean, 
a multitude of reasons that you had mentioned. So uh, I'm a big gamer. So it's nice to step away from the screen and actually be able to play those games outside um, and get that physical aspect. But um, the further and like the longer I've played, it's become more about the community and being able to find friends where, you know, like that are just as weird and obnoxious as me. And like, it's just, I have found probably my best friends playing this sport and everywhere I go, I found somebody that I felt like I've known for my entire life, just because I feel like that uh, barrier is broken as soon as you uh, meet someone, because we already know we're weird, right? We're all freaking here playing with toy guns, LARPing. And I feel like we are accepting of that weirdness of each other. So I, I feel like it's, the best place for me to find friends the community is amazing and and yeah just that physical video game aspect of it but i, I love it that's why i yeah. play I just I, I i really agree so almost all of my friends at the moment are, are from airsoft and yeah. um the friends that you make from airsoft like you said uh you make better friends faster simply <laughs> because you you have the same Oh, what's the word? You've gone through the same gauntlet. Like you, you've run the same, you've had the same experiences. So it's, you're immediately relatable to other people. You're like, oh yeah, I like dressing up and running around <laughs> the forest. They're like, oh, me too. It's like, cool. We can be best, best friends. You already have so much in common already because Airsoft takes so much of our lives. So, yeah. you know, you'll be able to hang out with this person and you know for a while and discuss the stuff that everybody hates you know in our family you know I try to bring this up to my family and they're like can you just stop now <laughs> so yeah. you know it's yeah. great I love it a big part seems to be like uh people's um just ego and identity so when you start playing like airsoft it becomes a really big part of your identity okay. and when you find someone that accepts that uh it's amazing because other people just can't do it like my co-workers at work they don't they don't get it uh yeah. no if you don't play airsoft you don't get it but as soon as someone plays and has played for like for a few years and it's a part of their life like you can make friends very quickly for sure i love it so much and everybody that i've met in airsoft is i feel like since day one is still part of my life so i, I, I that's definitely the best part about it for me right all right so let's move on to round two and look at some preferences so i'd like you to tell me about your favorite attachment favorite airsoft brand favorite game type and favorite after airsoft beverage and let's use this for instagram so i'll set a time limit for 90 seconds uh so we can use it as a reel and then i'll put my hand up when you have 20 seconds remaining so you can finish up sounds good let's go all right all right so let me restart that mm -hmm. all right what's your favorite attachment airsoft brand game type and after airsoft beverage okay am i good to go yeah all right so airsoft attachment i would have to say for indoors especially which is what i've been playing mostly is a tracer unit just helps you aim better see where your bbs are going and just overall it's dope um uh what was the next one airsoft brand airsoft brand Ooh, hoo, hoo, this one's tough um at the moment it would have to be 
KWA or Action Army. And game type. Uh, I really like Capture the Flag, uh, King of the Hill, or just regular open play team deathmatch. And favorite after airsoft beverage is um, White Claw. There you go. Very American <laughs> of you. I mean, yes. <laughs> I won't deny it. That's fine. We don't even have White Claw here, but I, I see oh the on YouTube and stuff like that. It's like, huh, that's cute. Can I ask you what yours are? I'm curious about yours. Okay. Um, no one's ever asked me that before. That's interesting. <laughs> um, favorite attachment. Um, man, I have, I think I literally have all the attachments, but <laughs> I don't find any of them useful. So I have scopes, but I don't use them. Uh, foregrips and lasers and stuff, but I don't use them in game. Um, the, the attachment I would use the most would be a magazine coupler. So I, I normally run uh, a double magazine uh, inverted just so I can get a really quick mag change. So Those are so cool. <laughs> and yeah, I'd say that would be my, my most used attachment. And I like to think of the easiest way to understand love. You can find out what you love just by seeing where you spend your time. And I, my most used attachment would be my coupler. So logically then it's my favorite um of course that makes sense airsoft brand we don't have a lot of options in japan like it was tokyo marui for the longest time and yes. recently we've got some gng coming out like saima has just recently been able to like get into japan um this but... is crazy that blows my mind a little bit because it's such a popular sport in japan you would feel like you would have more options than we do here uh but japan does not like imports like this will blow your mind but just like five years ago six years ago you you couldn't buy korean tvs here like you couldn't buy samsung like it was just jap <laughs> it's japanese only and they just set it up by like import tariffs and stuff like that where you just can't uh import stuff and now it's a lot better like you can get all the cheap chinese tvs like hisense and all that stuff but mm. 10 years ago, no, you could only buy Japanese brands in every major Japanese store. And all these like knockoffs and stuff, they just didn't exist. Even, yeah, even now, like that they're so self-sufficient that you guys are like super self-sufficient, but it's, I guess from our standpoint, it's just like, we can't wrap our heads around it because everything we get is exported. Yeah, exported. that's a good point. Like in Japan, like, well, airsoft pretty much just comes from japan and taiwan like those are like the two places mm -hmm. and i'm not sure why but i think there's just a lot of pride in japanese stuff and japanese people love buying japanese stuff but also they can only buy japanese stuff so you know it's a interesting conundrum yeah but it's nice that we're getting more and more stuff available now but like for me i i normally upgrade everything anyway so i don't really have a favorite airsoft brand because i'll just buy a gun and then i'll gut it and i'll put all aftermarket parts in it so it just becomes a a custom anyway a frankenstein gun <laughs> frankenstein guns the best because you you want a gun that's okay. different to everyone else so make For that sure. um then... game type 
Um, yeah, the most fun I've had is uh, tower defense. And that's where we have like 20 people in a castle mm -hmm. and 80 people have to storm the castle. And the people in the castle can use full auto, but only have one life. And the Ooh. people attacking the castle have uh, semi only, but unlimited respawns. And you have to hold the castle for 10 minutes. And it is an absolute bloodbath. And <laughs> Sounds like it. you're just reenacting the start of Saving Private Ryan. And it is. <laughs> oh it sounds God. great, though. Like, I was using my. Um, uh, I bought a M4 DSG that was doing like 50 rounds per second. And I had like 10 high cap mags for it because I didn't bring my drum. And I was just feeding it high cap mags like they were low cap mags. <laughs> I was just going through them in seconds. And it was fun. I just had a, I was like just dumping the whole mag, then not even like putting the mag in my dump pouch, just like dropping on the ground, getting the next mag. And I just had a whole pile of high cap magazines under me at the end of the game. And you can never do that. Like, no, it's so much fun, but it almost broke the gun. Like the motor almost overheated. Like the heat of the motor. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, try drilling some holes in the bottle bottom of like the um pit like the grip hmm. like little ones that'll help with the overheating because that happened with me too okay yeah you when you run that high uh rpm they uh like those 50k motors they they do not like to be used for a long time no for sure um, no yeah i'm a giant alcoholic so after airsoft beverage is seven beers <laughs> touche cheers <laughs> That's interesting. I, I it's honestly blowing my mind how different our like where we live and how it determines like how different our play styles and our normal. I mean, I know it's different, but just like airsoft related, yeah. I didn't think it was so different in other countries. You know, it's like Japan and America are completely different countries. I <laughs> I know it's no, crazy, right? right? It's crazy. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought? <laughs> All right, All right, so let's switch to round three now. This is keeping it local. Let's discuss the local uh, airsoft scene. So sure. just to confirm, where do you play airsoft? Uh, so um, currently um, I have, sorry, currently I work at uh, Full Auto Airsoft and they opened up Full Auto Arena and that's kind of been like my home field since I already work there. So it's convenient. Um, haven't been playing as much as I've wanted to, but uh, that's, I guess, mostly where I've been playing, but I do travel a lot as well um, for videography and stuff. So I've been, you know, traveling and around. Uh, I did play uh, Extreme Airsoft recently, which is in Rhode Island, which is only like two hours away from here. But yeah, I mean, my main field is full auto arena. Okay, and that's New Jersey, right? Uh, actually, it's uh, Pearl River, New York. So it's right on the border of New Jersey and New York. Okay, so New York. So you know King Lobo then. That's King Lobo's territory. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> you know his majesty? I, I sure do. We uh, we actually were roommates at EA Fest, and I have some pretty interesting footage. <laughs> um, you'll... You'll have to see it. It's it was hysterical. Rooming with him and like Kundini, Ro Customs, Billy Blowback. Um, it was pure chaos. We did like the hype house video of it, and it was 
what you'd expect from a bunch of airsofters living in a house and drinking and yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so let's discuss airsoft in New York. Yes. So throw some figures my way. How much does it cost to play airsoft in New York? Um, I guess it depends on uh, how long you're playing for, but it, I mean, it, it is a little more expensive than I feel like um, probably what you'd pay. Uh, we pay, I think it's $30 for one session and then $70 for two. And I think each session's five hours. Oh, that's right. New York recently changed to the session style. Lobo was, was telling yes. me that. Yeah, that, that's how we do. But I mean, I, I, I feel like I should know the prices because I work there, but I also don't know the prices because I work there. Because you, you know? don't work very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I personally, I don't pay much to play. So that's good, I guess. But if I'm going other, like anywhere else, say um, Zulu in upstate New York is an outdoor field where I play like my Milsim style games. Uh, I think it's about $30 for the entire day there, which is awesome. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. yeah um, with the exchange rate at the moment, Airsoft would be almost free for you to play in Japan. But playing uh, American Airsoft would cripple us financially. Like the exchange rate is terrible. Gotcha. Oh, so bad. That's I don't nice. even know why it's so bad. But I remember when the exchange rate was at parity, where like 100 yen was like 100 cents or one dollar. And oh, it was great. We could just buy everything. But now so it's like, like 140, 150. It's, oh, it's so bad. So in comparison, like how much would it cost me for a coffee on the street or something there? All right. So coffee, um, coffee is quite cheap in Japan. If you, do you want to buy a, like a coffee from 7-Eleven or do you want to no, buy we'll, it from a cafe or from Starbucks? We're going to Starbucks because I'm white and I'm basic. Okay, so yeah, you'd need your Ugg boots as well. And you yes. get that pump, pumpkin spice uh, latte, so it's extra basic. Oh my God, you know me so well. <laughs> White women. <laughs> women. Um, yeah, that, a small one I think is about 500 yen. A bigger one is about 600 yen. So with the exchange rate, that would be like maybe $3.50, $4. That's great. That's yeah, really good. The whole good. country is like a 40% off sale for Americans at the moment. Oh my goodness, I should go travel. <laughs> Now's the time, apparently. Basically, like it's the American dollar is just destroying the yen. So it is oh. a very good time for you guys to travel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't buy much stuff from overseas, but God, I, I bought like Cards Against Humanity recently and that cost me like over $100 to get Jeez. that sent over because it was like, what were you like $40 or so? for the game and stuff and then with shipping and then tax and the exchange that's, rate it was like a hundred and be like ah that's yeah insane. but i wanted it so yeah well if i do travel there you make me a list of things you need <laughs> oh yeah that's what i do so like when friends come over I'm like yeah just bring bring me hot sauce all i want is hot sauce because <laughs> and doesn't have hot sauce uh, really oh i die i would it's die japanese um palate and japanese cooking is all about texture and there's basically no spice to Japanese food. Someone in the comments will say, "Ah, oh, wasabi. Wasabi's not really a spice. Um, I'm obsessed with it, though. Horseradish. <laughs> it's not chili. I'm, I have, like, an unhealthy obsession with these seaweed snacks that I get imported. 
Oh, they're popular. Like uh, they're really popular in Korea too. Oh my, and they're like so spicy with wasabi that like I'll be cheering from the eyes and the nose, but like I can't stop. Like I eat so many of them. They're my favorite. If you like seaweed, um, a really good um, seaweed snack is um, potato chips with seaweed and salt. So it's called nori shio. And that's just like the best flavor for some reason. Like I didn't think I would like it, but it's the only thing I eat now. I actually bought them from a a Japanese store in the mall. I know exactly Mm. what you're talking about. And I love them. Love them. So good. All right. So let's talk about uh, field selection now. For listeners of the podcast, they know that we're spoiled for choice and we have like 80 fields that we can access. We've got urban fields. We've got woodland fields. We've got CQB fields. We've got abandoned structures. We've got kill houses. Okay. <laughs> we've, we've got we've got all the good shit. And this is like within an hour or so of my place and I can access the majority by public transport. There's some fields I need to drive to, but you know, I just ask a friend who has a car to drive me. So it's not that hard. Well, thanks for making all of us Americans feel like shit. <laughs> That's our job. Um, what we do is the international community. It's, I mean, it's, it's great though. That, that is, I'm extremely jealous. So jealous. But um, my selection of local fields, it's not terrible. Um, within the hour, <clears throat> I feel like we have uh, maybe like, Two, well, three uh, um, indoor fields. One of them just closed. Um, otherwise, we'd have four. And then we have like two outdoor fields. That's within the hour. But like if you go like two or three hours out, you have plenty. Um, as far as public transportation, I can only know of getting to two of them. Um, but we drive. So America is not known for public transportation. <clears throat> I mean where I am yeah because we're right next to the city so <clears throat> sorry my voice is going but um like right across the street there's a bus stop and then a train station right down the block so we're very close to any sort of public transportation that's actually what I used for majority of my life which is why I didn't get my license until super late on in life but um you know, one of the fields I know has a train station right in front. So if you're local to this area, you can literally hop on a train and then just walk 10 feet, which is the one I work at. If you walk 10 feet, you're you're there. So that's that's really convenient. But most of them are not like that. No. Yeah, we've got the, our most convenient fields are in shopping centers. So you'll find like some shopping centers, the top floor of the shopping center will be an airsoft field. And there's three I know that do this and they're all very convenient because shopping centers are in front of stations. So you just get off the train and walk 10 seconds and you're in the airsoft field, which is so good. And then like, if you want to get food, there's food there. If you want to get beer, there's beer there. Like it's so convenient playing in a shopping center. Can I ask you a question about, um, is is there a lot of women that play in Japan? Yeah, it's interesting. So Corona changed it a lot. Um, I've been playing for 20 years. um, Mm. And at the start, there was no women. And then in the five years before Corona, a lot more women started. There was um, a lot of advertising, it seemed like for women, like there was a lot of like airsoft fashion became kind of like a thing. And like on Instagram Mm -hmm. and in magazines and stuff, there was like 
lots of featured content about the loadouts of female players and male players to some extent, but it was like 80% women, 20% men. And it seemed like when this was happening, the amount of female players started to increase. And you found there was really like two types of players where one was kitted out in a really, really cool loadout, which was either like kind of cute or kind of, um, it was either cute or it was like, no, just like, like a real loadout, just like perfect, like perfectly authentic. Gotcha. You had those two players. And then you also just had like noobs, like people just bringing their girlfriends and stuff. And they were just like rocking up in hoodies and stuff. Yeah. I would say if we went to a, a lot of our games were like 30 on 30. So there'd be 60 people there. And I would say maybe 10 women uh, would be there. So it started off with like one or two girls at each game. And then it got to the point we're seeing 10, 20 girls per game. But uh, after Corona, I'm not, I haven't seen the girls return. Like the last few games I've played, it's been one or two girls with like 50 players. So something happened, but of course I'm not playing every game. Uh, so that all the girls might be somewhere else, which uh, <laughs> always seems to be the problem in life. But I mean, thing... I mean, still, that's great. I mean, I like that your country is um, actually advertising for women. I feel like we don't have any of that here at the, all. The strangest thing for women in airsoft is dating. So there is uh, a Japanese custom called Gokon. And it's hard to translate, but it's a combination of kind of like, it's like blind speed dating okay, mixed with a double date. So, you know, double dates, right? Yes. All right. So change that to a quad date. So you got four guys and four girls. Okay. Right. Now put like speed dating into that so they can all switch partners. Okay. Right? And now it's limited chaotic. to like three hours. Okay. And that's Gokon. And normally you do Gokon at a bar or something like that. Um, but I'm seeing more and more Gokon at Airsoft. And we'll always laugh when it happens because like me and my friends are not going easy on anyone. So if we see someone like with their first date, we're going to ruin that date because it's funny. Oh, God, that's that's great. I mean, it does. I mean, for a dating standpoint, I would, if I was in Japan, I would do that because I would like to see if, you know, that, that guy could hang out, you know, play airsoft. I'm sure it's more of the men bringing the women there, but yeah. Well, it's, it was um, vice versa. They're not brought there. It's like organized by a company. Oh yeah. No, of course, of course, of course. But like, you know, I, I get the idea around bringing, you know, my date to an airsoft field for sure. And like when, when we play, like we, my team like or we, we won't like do anything like bad to the girls or anything like that but we're totally just going to cock block all the guys just to ruin their date because <laughs> it's funny that's so crazy and we're also what? like twice their size too so like it's just kind of funny when you like i know it's mean but when you completely emasculate someone it's <laughs> it's funny it's great no trust me i know <laughs> i don't know but um yeah, it, no, it's, it, it, I'm it, fighting, moves, but you know, I, I mean, if that's all you're worried about in airsoft or by you, then that's great. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm just finding how I know nothing about anything, 
but any other country I'm like finding how like I guess um naive I am to a lot of things it's so crazy I like I just assumed everything was very similar but this is this is really cool I'm learning a lot yeah, that's one thing I love about doing this podcast. I get to, like, every week I do, like, four or so podcasts, and I try to get people from different countries on, and I learn just so much. Like, everyone has a different experience, and even two people from the same country, if they're in different cities, it's a different experience. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone okay. is unique. Everyone is special little snowflakes. <laughs> we are. We are special snowflakes. Yeah, right. no, I, uh, I like this. I like this a lot. So I've already talked about Japanese airsoft and said, like, we do UAB. Uh, we do very defensive games. There's not going to be a lot of rushing. There's a lot of camping and the reasons for that. What's airsoft like where you live? So it depends on if you're playing indoor or outdoor. Uh, for indoor, it's a lot of, I guess, rushing. It's mostly rushing. Nice. You won't see a lot of camping at all because there's really nowhere to camp. You'll see a couple of like newer kids that are really close to spawn and don't want to kind of leave yet. Ah, cowards. Um, what? Cowards. Is that what you call it? <laughs> cowards. You know. Oh yeah, cowards. Yeah, but I mean they're younger. They're. I mean I get it. They're. They'll. They'll get there. I, I know they'll get there. I have faith in them. But um, as far as camping, we don't see much of that indoor at all. It, it's, it would be impossible. Um, so you constantly have to be moving for sure. Um, and for outdoor, it's, uh, I mean, it depends where you play. But if at my field that I go to outdoor Zulu, it's massive. So it's a lot of I mean, it depends where on the map you are. If you are in the city, it's rushing constantly. If you're out, you know, in the open, you're kind of trying to calculate where you need to go without getting shot by a sniper. It's, it's, it just depends on where you are, but it's, that's, I feel like that's kind of normal for most places. But then again, I'm learning that, you know, you can't run in Japan, so um but yeah that, that's how it is where i am pretty much nice. it sounds fun like I, i'd love to go over to america and play some games because it sounds like it's a lot more compatible with my play style oh yeah if you're like a running gun rusher um you would love it love it hands down because even indoor or outdoor would be perfect for you yeah I, I used to play a lot of woodlands but i started uh i went back to woodlands like just like a month ago and I'd been playing CQB for the last two years, like every week. Mm. And I've lost all of my woodland skill. And <laughs> I was just so stressed playing woodland because I was in full camo and stuff. I had good, mm. I had good multicam and stuff on, but I could not see anyone. The whole enemy team was not moving. They were all camping. And I'm like, ah, this sucks. And that's then, why comms I feel like are really important for, yep. for outdoor. So like you'll have people scattered throughout and you can communicate, you know, like you would playing Call of Duty, you know, so you could just it, it's communication, I feel, is, is like the most important thing for outdoor. Um, and then, you know, because if there's like 10 people watching, at least one of you will see someone. Yeah, so I, I always make sure to run comms. Uh, we're looking yeah. to like change up all the team's comms and switch everything over to uh, Bluetooth. 
So like just getting um, motorcycle mics. So interesting. have you seen these? No. So no, it's, it's similar to like the Battle.net system, but you get like a Bluetooth receiver and you put that on your helmet and then you put a um, earpiece in and a mic in. It's a real streamlined mic. So it actually fits inside your die mask. And then you can have uh, eight people on the same call and you can talk to each other like you're on Xbox Live. So you don't need to use a PTT or, or a breakout box and you can Ooh. just chat to each other. Uh, you need to send me whatever that is because that's what I need. Right. Uh, just type it into Google. Just type in motorcycle, motorcycle? Um, comms. And All right. Yeah, no, that, that is brilliant. <laughs> but basically the cheap ones need to link into your phone mm -hmm. and they, they're just a Bluetooth headset. And the more expensive ones create their own local network, it seems. Okay. And so like, is it like you're on a phone call and you're just like conferenced in, or is it in yep. an app that you're all together? How does that work? Um, well, if you have like the cheaper ones, you'd just be running it through, like, I guess you'd use WhatsApp or something like that. And you oh, just okay, yeah. a person call or a discord oh, yeah. or something like that. Uh, but the, um, there are advanced ones that have like their own network. Um, you would all just, it'd be similar to like walkie talkies where you're just all on the same channel and you would just have all an open frequency. So you could all talk at the same time. Um, oh, that's dangerous for me to be on an open frequency because <laughs> I don't take it as seriously as a lot of people. So I'll just be on there saying the most dumb shit that I can think of. Cause you know, I, there's some people that will take it so serious, start talking like military and like using codes and stuff so i'll just make up my own and i'm pretty sure people hate that but it's fine it's people awesome. hate that yes yeah <laughs> some you, people you take choose, it too seriously you choose who's on your comms like use comms for your squad with people that you know you trust and you want to run with don't have team-wide um comms because you don't need it well so like if you go to some events in the u.s like they'll you buy a ticket and they'll kind of put you with who they feel they want you to be with. Hmm. And so like, I won't know anyone. And, you know, when I get like nervous or whatever, I just start acting like an asshole. <laughs> so I'll just make jokes and like, nobody really likes that when they're, you know, full kitted, cry precision and VGs. And I'm sitting there with like, I don't know, like a my dye mask and, you know, fake camos from Amazon. <laughs> You know, it's it's whatever, but you know, it's it's life's too short. Don't take it too serious. You don't need to have the best of the best. If someone wants to fuck around, that's fine. But but yeah, uh, um, for events like that, just have like a regular radio, like just a bell phone. Yes, that's what I have. That, yeah, that you can use for team wide communication. And the best thing to do is just shut up. Like, <laughs> use it to receive info. God damn it. And if there's something worth sharing, like you have to like think before you press, oh, it's, mine's over here. You have to press the button and think about what we're going to say. It's like, all right, three enemy contacts, a blue house, 400 meters, like something okay. like that, like call them in. If not, just, you know, shut up. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't hot mic and I don't like, it's just like the codes uh, and stuff that people try to say or whatever. I don't remember. So I'll tell people where people are, but then like, I'll just make up a code because I don't remember it. 
I don't know. It's it was dumb. It's dumb, but it's it's not so serious. We can. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I most of people are going to come for me in this. I I totally get it. It's it's yes. I'm an asshole, but no, I'm not. No, no, I'm just you know I'm having a good time. We're just hanging out. At everyone else's expense. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm not on the mic constantly. I'm not just like going on there calling everybody, you know, like dickheads. It's it's me going onto the mic and either A asking a question because I didn't hear something, or B um telling where people are, but like I don't know what the I guess correct terminology would be so i just make up something but you're still getting the right information but you might get a giggle along with it or right. not apparently. Here, here's an option you can do where you can actually benefit your team uh, and still be obnoxious <laughs> so when you do milsim um if you capture an enemy player or you down an enemy player uh you can take their mic frequency and then take their mic frequency then annoy their team with all your nonsense and oh, but I've done that before. Legit, trust me. Strategy. Oh yes, trust me. That has been done uh, at the the like highest degree of annoyance. Yeah. So just put your skills to use for you know for the enemy. Oh yeah, for sure, no doubt. It it's been done and will be done again. <laughs> All right. If I if I play Grimnir, you know, depending what team I'm on, CFI or IGC, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, next question. Are there any interesting restrictions in any of your local fields? Um, not really. I mean, we America's I, not really known for restrictions. No, we don't really have many at all. Um, I mean, just like not a lot of full auto games, especially indoors, unless it's like during a hardcore night. But um, outdoor usually the same you don't have a lot of full auto unless you're uh support um oh yeah so a lot of yeah. american games seem to be semi only yeah they're semi only unless you're uh like your support but then you have like a you know like a further distance that you have to you know uh engage but um you know there's been a few that i've played that allow full auto and I loved it. I think it was so much more fun. I just wasted so many BBs because I was just having the time of my life because it was like the first one I've been to. But uh, yeah, no, we we really don't have full auto games that much, that much. All of our outdoor games are full auto. That's awesome. Like I'm jealous. Is full auto and no minimum engagement. You see, we have like serious minimum engagements, even outdoors, especially like, so my DMR there, I think I have like a uh, hundred fifty foot engagement with that because it was shooting like four eighty something, um, and like I mean, which was fine because I could reach, but it, it's just hard when you're in closer quarters. But uh, like any of those, really, I would probably have at least a ten to fifty foot engagement. Yeah, we're all three thirty. Uh, max but zero engagement so you can okay. put people up point blank but you you can reach like 50 meters 60 meters if you have really good hop and stuff like that yeah. but generally um you'll be engaging at the 30 40 meter range so americans 
they can just work that out because I'm not transferring it to feet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. But like, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I agree, would not be good point blank with anyone. No. Um, but it was definitely, it's fully upgraded. You know, Max Hop Up, uh, Prometheus Barrel, R Hopped, uh, like everything you could think of is in there. And you got those uh, Lalex parts. Yes. Oh, yes. We actually met them. They came, uh, they visited the US and we met them. They came to our fields and they were great. And they were showing me all the women's stuff that you like they have and we don't. And I'm jealous. Was, so was Mark there? Did Mark West come out or? Um, I don't remember. I'll send you photos because I took a bunch of photos with them. I'm horrible with names, but it's possible. Okay, cool. And Mark, if you're watching this and I met you, I'm very sorry. I'm just not good with names. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, ha have a look at Mark's Instagram. He's like the new face of like Lalax. So it's possible then. He's, uh, it's possible. <laughs> he's a great guy. Very, very memorable. So they were they were all great. They were so nice and super uh, informative on all the stuff. Like, like I was very jealous that you they have all this women's stuff there that we can't get here. Cause when I get BDUs, I have, I learned to sew because nothing fits. Not only my woman, but I'm short and I'm, you know, thick in all places. So, you know, we got to get things situated. So I got to sew for that, but you know, it would just be nice to have. Yeah. That's not what type is situation. hard to shop for in Japan. Like, you know, I'm the opposite. I, I'm tall and skinny, and that body type is not available either, like for clothes. So, yeah, I know what it's like when you have a non-standard body shape. Yeah. But like in Japan, everyone is much of a muchness. So, you, you a lot of the clothes are very standardized. I can't buy shoes here because like all shoes stop at like 27 centimeters, and mm -hmm. like I'm 30, so it's very hard for me to get shoes. So you, that's what you have to spend an insane amount of money on ordering. Yeah, basically. I got a lot of shoes order made in China recently because they'll, they'll do it for, the, for like 20, 30 bucks. So I got all these great pimp awesome. shoes made up because I'm a giant child. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this one's got diamonds. Well, I'm an Oompa Loompa, so. <laughs> hey, it same, still works. Same, same, but different. All right. So let's look at round four and let's see how you can play like Little Miss Airsoft. So... Let us know what is your opinion of camping versus attacking. Um, I feel like uh, camping. I, I mean, if you stay there for like a couple seconds or up to a minute, that's fine. Just to kind of formulate your decision, figure out where you're going, but don't sit in one spot and just pick off people. Move around, and I fully agree with you know rushing and and you know just just go out have fun don't sit in one spot it's no fun even if you're getting a bunch of kills you're eventually going to get your ass kicked and get a grenade thrown at you so you know well multiple grenades if i'm angry oh yeah king of the hill is fun because like we have to take over one spot but once you're in that spot you have to camp because you can't leave you're holding it down um, but it's usually just one of you and i love taking that spot because i love objectives uh but i get all the grenades thrown at me all yeah. every single one it's amazing how many grenades miss 
But like in Japan, we just use impact grenades and like you guys have tag grenades and stuff like that, which looks so much more fun. They are fun, but they got banned for a bit. I think they're coming back now. They're coming but... back, but different fields with different regulations. So there's no standardization. Yeah, I have the, um, it's kind of like an impact grenade. It's, uh, it just has that one charge though. Uh, I won an impact grenade from Airsoft UK, but <clears throat> it got st stuck at customs. Yeah, I, I don't um, even bother sending airsoft stuff internationally. I'll send patches and stickers and t-shirts, but I will not send anything else. Yeah, it's impossible. I'm very, very sad that it got stuck at customs, but is what it is. It is what it is. All right, uh, respawn versus non-respawn. Ooh, I like both. I like both. Um, I've actually just played in uh, Southern California, uh, where it's uh, at N1, and they have the non-respawn mode, and that was the first time I've actually ever played that game mode. I was very confused, but I loved it. It's so intense when you're going 1v1 with someone on the other team, and everybody's sitting there watching you. Oh, it's great. I like that. I love that. Actually. Yeah, the, the last minute of a non-respawn game is the best. Oh, it's so intense. The first minute is, if you do a five-minute game, the first two minutes is people doing nothing because everyone's scared. And then, like, the next two minutes, you'll get some trades. And then, like, the last minute is, like, one-on-two or one-on-four. And that's when all the action happens. It's all in that last minute <laughs> where it's great. I feel like in Southern California, though, everyone rushes because the games are so short. So you're still rushing, but once you get hit, you, you sit out, you watch, and then it's only a couple more minutes. Um, and then you get to watch like these two players or th or two versus three or you know, whatever, and you're watching them and you get to see everything they're doing. And it's just it's really it's it's fun to watch. I, I loved it. And one, I love the way you guys do your stuff. It's it's sick. Yeah, I like but... when you get a field that has a really good catwalk, so you can then watch the rest of the game, but mm -hmm. when a field just has a staging area you just have to wait in the staging area it's less fun oh yeah that that's fun definitely not. Yeah. solo versus team play um i like both i like solo play for indoor for sure but i also like team play when we're doing like uh, i haven't done really any speed qb tournaments but like playing with friends the speed qb tournament style um that's always fun uh so like playing outdoors with team play um with my friends mostly and people that are chill and then uh i mean solo play outdoors is fun too i feel i like both i have no qualms against either or yeah my, my whole thing is we'll start as a team but if my team members are three meters away from me and i lose visual oh. contact we're no longer a team for sure yeah so it's good while it works yes <laughs> agreed Especially if you don't have comms, because if you don't have comms, as soon as you lose them, you're like, well, I'm on my own. Yeah. Or if you're super short and no one's waiting for you because your legs don't move that fast. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. I have to keep like checking behind me to make sure my teammates are still with me when I'm moving up. <laughs> We're like complete opposites. I'm, I'm the one all the way behind. Uh, like, uh, what was it? Jurassic Park, where you saw that one dinosaur just like lugging behind in the back. That's me. You're you're the one way up in the front. <laughs> what, what kind of dinosaur are you? Oh goodness, uh, I'm like one of those mini T Rexes with the little arms. I don't oh. know what they're called. Velociraptors. There we go. But uh, like a slow one. 
I, I just remembered a great joke from primary school. What what do you call a dinosaur with hemorrhoids? What? Megasaurus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. Very Pendulum. good. Okay, indoor versus outdoor. I guess you're going indoor. Uh, I mean, it's a so like I'm weird how I play because like for me it's with the seasons because where I live it's either we have like four seasons but it's like winter super freaking cold and summer super freaking hot so it depends on the seasons for me but i like both uh, seasons Again, I love... like an, an american thing like do other countries have these seasons yeah. we have you, them. you don't have seasons oh no, we have seasons don't do that to me <laughs> I, I... <laughs> you, you made me question like... my entire life for a second. Anytime you meet a Japanese person for the first time, um, there's a 90% chance they're going to say, Japan is the country of four seasons. I have been told that thousands and thousands of times now. And you always ask me, no. I don't understand. Um, it's it's just a thing people say here. But Japan... Why do they not have four seasons? Well, if you want to be technical about it, they have like 12 seasons and their seasons are just absolute nonsense. Interesting. Like, you have typhoon season. Uh, you have this windy season that comes after like the cherry blossoms. Uh, like summer is now like six months. Winter is like six months. So it's, oh God, no. you get this little like one month spring then six months summer, then one month autumn and then six months winter. And then oh, that no, doesn't even equal one like month autumn. Months. That's like 14 months. One month autumn? No way. No, yeah. no. That's my favorite month. That's my birthday season. Couldn't do it. Nope, nope, nope. That's nope. when the pumpkin spice lattes come out. See, you know me so well. <laughs> yes. But like, I, I'm a big spooky season person for sure. All right. High caps or low caps? Uh, Depends. Are we talking pistols or like regular M4 magazine? Uh, I guess for pistols, you choose low caps and for M4, you choose mid caps. Well, actually, for pistols, I would choose well high cap. Well, because I use a high kappa, so, uh, well, I mean, for M4s, I would use just the mid caps. I don't like winding. No one does. No. Yeah, I don't like winding. On the but high like, kappa, are you using the um the fifty round or just like the twenty round? Uh, I use the. Tw <laughs> I'm gonna get people angry. Uh, I <laughs> I use the M4 adapter, but uh. If I'm using just the, the magazines, I use the 23. All right. That's, a, that's, that's, that's common in America. It's a le much less common in Japan because HPA is illegal here. Oh, so wow. we, we can't use HPA. We can run a CO2 adapter into a HPA set, but honestly, there's no there's no reason to do that. Is it like the Wolverine uh, things where you throw the cartridges in? Oh, like a Kythera? No, so like the Wolverine, um, they have an HPA system where you can open the stock and throw cartridges in into your M4. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was the um, Kythera that did that. It, it might no, the be. Kythera is Polar Star. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't require, um, like you can actually put that in water, no battery. I don't think there's a battery required for that, but um, no, I forget what it's called. The Wolverine something. Because I saw um, Jet Desert Fox was showing it off on his channel where yes. uh, he was showing off his HPA and he had 
uh, modified his HPA rifle so that he could put a large um, CO2 canister in the stock. And then he was using that to power it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there, that is a way to do it. Um, but the way I'm talking about, you know, like the little CO2 cartridges you put in a pistol. Yeah. So um, Wolverine makes something similar to that where it's an HPA system and you're throwing these little cartridges into the stock, into the system. Hmm. It's not like that big CO2 cartridge that you put on the back. I don't, I don't like that. Um, but it looks, you know, it's like a regular stock, regular everything, but it like opens up and you're throwing these cartridges. I'll send it to you because that was actually my first, like almost the first HPA uh, build that I bought. And then I went with a Polar Star F2. Yeah. Yeah. So I would use something like that, but you know, we can get that here that we just call that like a CO2 rifle. And so I've got like, um, my MP5 runs on CO2. It's got CO2 um, yeah. magazine. And yeah. yeah, that's that's incredibly fun. CO2 is just the most fun to use just because the blowback is so nice. The ping is so nice. It's it's just the best. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely a lot of fun. I'm going to... Can I smoke this really quick? We can do a little pause. No, go go to town. I don't care about smoking. I'm a oh, Okay, I don't know. I know YouTube is a weirdo. Yeah. All right then let me just we, we've been you know we've got guns everywhere like youtube oh that's true that's true yeah they can't hate us anymore about the guns than they will anything else <laughs> that's true so i think we've already kind of answered this one here about power sources so you know let's move on next one we have uh, round five living the dream let's discuss uh what you would do if you had you know all of the money and you know all of the storage space Okay, so if I had all of the money, um, I mean, it wouldn't be just guns uh, at this point, especially after this uh, podcast. It's I would travel more. I would travel more, play more like airsoft in different countries and like to learn more about how, you know, different countries run uh, with their airsoft and kind of do what you're doing. But in real life, you know, it's it's, it's very fascinating. You'd, you'd just try to be more like Pitbull, just be like Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Little Miss Worldwide. There yeah, that go. could work. That could work. <laughs> I, see, I see a collaboration. <laughs> Pitbull, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can say Dale on the next track instead of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. What about uh, Dream Gun? Is there any gun that you're eyeing? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing like that's like the great like grand golden gun of my life right now but what i would like to get is the the kwe4 the new one um or the eve 9 uh i really really like kwas i've been getting into them a lot more recently because i have the t10 and i like the kinetic recoil system with that i know the others don't have that kinetic recoil but i just like how they're built like i have the t10 and i did nothing to it I've been running it stock and it's, it's amazing. It shoots lasers. I don't need to do anything to it. So I really like how they're built. Um, but that's, I mean, there's a couple of things that, uh, you know, are coming out or have come out that I'm interested in, but, uh, there's nothing like super up on a pedestal for me that like I need or want. Cause if I did, I would probably get it. You know, the joys of being an adult. We just buy what we want. You're like, yeah, Hey, that's really nice. I hope I get that for my birthday. Hey, wait a second. I'll buy that now. 
You might never know. The adulting is very dangerous. Being a kid with adult money is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's that's called being an airsofter. Yes. How about you? What's your what's your dream gun? Um I don't know. Anytime I see something I want, I buy it. Um yeah. I always wanted the uh the what was it the M one three two uh Vulcan yeah. minigun uh full huh. size. Uh, but I got to play with it once and my God, it sucks to hold. It's so heavy. So and heavy. You have to run it from like a car battery. And the guy had like a car battery in his backpack and it had the wires running up to it. And then yeah. we have the big ammo belt coming over. You look fantastic, but it's it's so it's heavy. And it doesn't sound cool. It <laughs> sounds like a giant wet fart when you fire it. And it's the most disappointing thing ever because i could like cut down a small tree with this but the sound was just so funny people weren't intimidated by it so i was like no no it's not a it's a chain gun that's why people like will wear like a juggernaut suit with it which makes it so much harder to use because now you have all this shit on and you're running this big thing but my boss had one and he found like a crazy way to hpa it um where like you didn't have the tank it was like it was very crazy the way uh he he showed me this video of it but yeah because they're they're dual power source they they need um gas and electric to run so yeah he found some like crazy contraption he like macgyvered the shit out of something for this but um i saw that one video with uh novish he had the that little mini yeah mini gun mini mini gun (laughs) The micro. micro, yes, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one, that one's just pretty cool. That's everywhere here. We can get that for like 400 300 400 dollars. Like that's everywhere. But it looks that's so awesome. small in my hands. It's not. It's not. It's not intimidating. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Size matters. But yeah, I don't have a dream gun at the moment. Uh, I really love uh, wooden rifles. So I just got like a VSR 10 that's full wood stock and looks the same as like the Remington M700. And that's mm. that's beautiful. But now that I have that, now I need a, a new gun. <laughs> but really anything, I don't know. I have like over 50 guns. So it's, it's crazy. It's that, hard. That blows my mind too. At that's the moment I, I'm um, doing, I'm looking to get like a really pimped out high capper that that i can use for indoors because mm-hmm. i broke my my old one and it, i'll just buy a new one but yeah no real dream airsoft gun yeah yeah and i guess that's how adults are right like we just we don't have like there's nothing like suit like if there was like a collector thing out there that was really intriguing to me maybe but like there's really nothing out there that like I wouldn't be able to get so it's not like a dream for me it's like a maybe I'll buy that when I want it type of thing you know I I do know um just give me one sec to check something on my phone because I think there's one gun I want yeah the G11 (laughs) I would love a HK G11 uh have you seen this gun I haven't is it new no it's not I just type it into your computer uh HK G11 it is the most German of the German guns. I'm looking at my phone right now. 
it's it's beautiful i love it oh interesting ridiculous over-engineered piece of machinery ever made and the magazines are fantastic. They're these long stick magazines that go. That in. is, I actually really kind of like that because it's different. So like, I'm very weird with certain types of guns that look like this, but I do like this a lot. Like, I actually have like a weird hatred with the P90s because they look different and they're just, I don't know. This like the, this I like the P90 thing. because Stargate used it and I like Stargate. So I have two P90s. <laughs> See, I just, I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's just the way it looks. And I know I'll get hate for it, but that's fine. I'm just not a fan. But yeah, here, if you're, I don't know if you guys could, oh shit, if you could see that, but that's what that is. Yeah. In case you're wondering. That's a G11. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I like it. But yeah, I, I remember it from just the movie Demolition Man. So if you watch the movie Demolition Man, when Sylvester Stallone goes into the future to fight Wesley Snipes, he, um, in part of the movie he wants to find like a, a futuristic rifle from well from the future and they have the g11 they call it the the laser rifle or something like that and just because this gun looks so futuristic they're able to put its stock into a sci-fi movie and it looks completely at home and they've just got special <laughs> effects making it shoot lasers but then you actually look at it, hey, it's a g11 yeah, that's, oh, that's oh my god you just reminded me i do have a gun that i want i do but it's not out yet it's not even like a thing okay call of duty famas i know i know that Tokyo Marie made one right they made two but but i want like a good one if famas was i think the quote me if i'm wrong oh, no, first right. yes correct me if i'm wrong uh it was the first gun they one of the first guns they made and You're correct. If you look yes. at what a V1 gearbox is, V1 is Fumus. Yes. I, I want a new one, a good one. Um, yeah, I know I don't, no one wants it, but I do. Like, you can get Fumuses over here for like 50 bucks. Like no one wants them. I know. It's so sad. <laughs> that was my, I like was a huge Black Ops 2 player. And like, it's just, I know the FAMAS was like a cheap gun or like, you know, you want, you want that cheap gun, but us. like, it was so easy to play with. But, um, oh my God, it, it's just, it gets me in the feels. That's what I need. I, I need one that's good. Yeah, and me and my daughter used to use the FAMAS when it was in Fortnite. It was the three-shot burst rifle. So, mm, yeah. Long time ago. All right. Uh, what about ideal airsoft events? Uh, are there any events that you would like to attend? For example, like uh, playing airsoft in an abandoned mall, like Dutch the Hooligan, yes. or doing a like a hostage rescue in the desert, like Jet Desert Fox, or shooting people uh, from a helicopter, like Airsoft Alphonse. Those are all pretty epic. You fancy? Yes. Yeah, so the the mall, the abandoned mall. 1000% that has always been something even before I even got into airsoft like I always wanted to do that because of Call of Duty you're like I want to shoot people in a mall and or airport <laughs> oh god the, the CIA FBI is going to show up <laughs> tomorrow yeah. um airsoft I would love yeah no like that is so cool and in that abandoned airfields that uh do you SYG and Dima played at um I so cool like there's so many amazing places everywhere 
I would love to play everywhere, honestly. Like any interesting, uh, I mean, uh, like I, I I played at um, Brushy State, uh, Brushy Mountain Penitentiary, horrible event. It was their first event. Uh, so like, I don't have any animosity towards it, but it was such like an epic place to play where like uh, the person that killed Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, he was, he stayed there for a while and it's become like this monumental prison and it's now like a, a museum and they have like a distillery there and stuff, but like we got to play there. And I mean, they'll never let any airsofters play there again after the shit show, but like, it, it's just so cool to have experienced it and like playing a place of history. I guess that, that that's important to me, you know, like I, I just would like to play anywhere that you know, it's just yeah it's just different and like is not just a freaking patch of land or abandoned buildings are really the best places to play because they're just so much more fun than artificial fields yeah no yeah for sure all right um last dream question here uh dream team if you could squad up with six people alive or dead real or make-believe who are you uh picking up arms with um uh, so this is just like anyone okay so uh we're picking john wick okay no one's ever uh, chosen him before oh yeah we're, we're choosing john wick we're gonna choose um hmm. <laughs> bless you uh we're gonna choose alexedra call of duty okay uh we're gonna choose uh Mm, this is tough. This is really tough. Uh, I'm going to get Jammer Actual too. And then we're going to have Rex as our dog. Um, oh, no, no dogs allowed. No, okay. scratch that. Um, well, and then we'll have some airsofters. We're going to have, um, we're going to have Jet. We're going to have Leah. Okay. Alphonse. You got one spot left. Hmm. This is tricky, man. Um, crap. I'll choose Billy just because you know that'd be fucked up if I didn't. You're supposed to. Billy you know, Blowback. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good team. Yeah. All right, let's go to round six. This here is Selma. Your gun. I would like you to choose a gun from your collection, and then I want you to persuade me to buy it. Uh, I'll give you 90 seconds and we can use this as a uh, Instagram um, reel and we can use this just to annoy Instagram with their gun sales rule. Okay, pause. Let me get it. All right. Only just because. Also, I'm just looking at the G11 again and realizing it has a bayonet. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> There's a bayonet on it. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You can't go wrong. You can't go if it wrong. There's a fire, you just, you know, stabby poo someone. All right. Uh, should I go with the with the uh with the gun or should I go with the high kappa? Hey, you choose. It's it's your gun. Mm -hmm. well, no, you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. All right. Okay, you have 90 seconds. Please sell me your gun. Okay. I would never actually sell this, but um, 
I mean, maybe, but we have the clear body ICSM4 <laughs> split gearbox, um, the meme gun from Umbrella Armory. Uh, we have uh, a max hop up. We have a gate Titan. This thing is shooting, I think, at like 56 RPM. It's a beast and no one will see it coming. It is the sleeper gun of sleeper guns. And plus, it has a split gearbox, which I mean, GNG is doing now, but it's it's not the same. Uh, but yeah, this this is this is my bay that I actually have only played with like once, and I won it in California, uh, uh, the Umbrella Armory event. And yeah, she's actually I have like a full video planned for her dressing up as a rental. But yeah, this is oh, and it came with like a giant sniper scope, but I changed it. But yeah, that's that. Um, or how many how much time do i have left yeah 20 seconds okay or you could buy a high capo with uh you know endless amounts of interchangeable parts upgrades all that jazz you can do anything you want this build it up to whatever no gearbox required gas blowback super fun make it yours yet <laughs> which, which one are you buying you're a good salesman no, uh, not really <laughs> But which I, one would I think you I'll buy? take the high cap. You're, you're more energetic about that. Uh, only because I was like time, you know, but yeah, I would never sell this. But yeah, I would I would definitely sell and build so many of these guys. So yeah, high cap is are, are so fun. But now AP1s are coming in and... Mm. Yeah, AP, AP1s have all the 3D printed parts. People just no. 3D print everything for those. No, 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 no. Oh my God. I'm about what? to blow your mind what ctm they're, they're like there's so many parts right now it's gross it's like the same amount as high campus no oh, yeah. but there's also all these custom barrels and shit that are coming out like these ridiculous custom customs that seem to be anyone with an aap assassin just loves 3d printing attachments as, as yeah. something i'm just seeing and i don't I like mean, 3d printing i mean yes they, i'm they just sure break so easily uh yes but not unless you're i mean if you upgrade the internals before you do all that shit you know upgrade the nozzle the springs the barrel do all of that and then it won't break oh no no yeah, 3d printed parts like if you have like a 3d printed grip or a 3d printed yeah. like oh, yeah. nozzle break and stuff like that, they, they just break uh in game i think just the the material for them just isn't really designed. Oh yeah, 3D printed. Uh, my friend used to make me the uh, GoPro mounts and they would just fall off during yeah. games. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love 3D printers. I think they're great. I wish I had one and I've had my friends make me so many things, but yeah, it's not very reliable for sure. Yeah, um, I got like a PSG one um, muzzle brake because I wanted one of those, but I couldn't afford the metal one. So I got a 3D printed one for like 20 bucks yeah. and it just shattered in the first game. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, <laughs> what did they say with cry? Like buy once, cry once, you know? Yeah, well, like when you get 3D printed stuff, it seems like it's just more for like ornamental and display use. It, it's not field tested. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's go into round seven, the backstory. I've looked at your Instagram and selected uh, three pictures that I found interesting. I'd like you to tell me about these pictures and give me a little bit more context and, you know, just let me know the backstory. Sure. So oh, who is this? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I played for um, 
So I actually uh, am friends with and have played with a uh, company called Grimnir Tactical. They're an event company. And they do like these weird futuristic storylines, Milsim style. And like, it can be like, just like a conflict, which is one, you know, couple hours up until like, oh no, like, uh, I forget, but like, and then the, some of them are like three day long. Uh, this was like a testing event and it was a bounty hunter event where you get a list of people and they're using your phones and you'll get pictures of them and you need to go find them. So we all dressed up as bounty hunters for this and they just but snapped I'm kind us. Of getting like, like, don't be angry, but like a dog, the bounty hunter vibe from this. <laughs> for sure. It was horrible. Like I looked so ridiculous, but like their games are more futuristic. Like this was just like a, a beta testing. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to dress up as a bounty hunter. Um, but like most of their stories are like, um, you're on Mars and like there's two factions of the universe fighting against each other and it's it's actually really epic and they use like so much uh technology and everything they're the most fun games to play as if you ever can if you're ever wherever they are um definitely do we played at Panthera Training Center um which is like a giant military training facility and it was massive but it was so fun it was like a three-day thing and uh i i actually am there larping as a uh, soul system news network which is like a press and uh we're immersive press though so like i can carry a gun so if i get captured i can like shoot my like captors and stuff but it's super immersive super fun nice that, yeah. that sounds fun it's it's cool that people are running different games because you know, there's speed soft, there's milsim, but it's also good doing like situational games because oh, yeah. off, we can do what we want. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. What about this uh, masterpiece? That looks like a high kappa ops tactical. So yeah, that's from a real, that is, um, that's actually the first high kappa I've ever built. Um, I was actually part of KC Neistat's uh, film course for videography and uh, obviously, I picked Aerosoft because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> so, so my, uh, you know, my plot was to build a high capo that I've never, like, I've never built one before, just to build something. And that was the, and it was like building it on a budget. And that was the the first one that I've ever built. And it was actually really, really good. It came out great. It was without, like, not without a lot of obstacles, which I mean, if you go on YouTube, you could watch the videos, pure chaos at one point. But no, yeah, I was super proud of that. I know it's very crazy looking and futuristic. My friend Rogue Customs actually painted all that for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he he's he's awesome. That's, yeah, that's what that's, that's always from. fun when you can build your own high cuppa. Oh, it's so fun. It's so frustrating. And I always recommend if you're of age two, have alcohol. Oh, yeah. alcohol makes everything better it's the cause and solution to all of life's problems yes especially with building guns it's like because you will you will freak out at points so alcohol makes things a little yeah. bit better gun build sober i wouldn't recommend that no cheers what about oh. this one here mm. i see someone in a die i5 that would be me <laughs> so yeah that was uh actually when i won this this gun in out in california uh we went to california for like their uh 
what was it um chairsoft okay so it's just a bunch of airsofters that came to hang out and then we all got drunk and played at battle apps and it was it was so much fun but uh that same weekend i got to tour evike like the actual big superstore at evik evike i don't know i say it wrong all the time uh, i you think know? it's evik like that's what they had like a video recently like this is how you say our name i'm like oh it's not evike because i thought uh, it was evike they should just change it to evike <laughs> i know it's the guy's name though so yeah yeah but yeah no it was so fun and then we that's when i went to n1 and i just met everybody in cali that was the best trip ever i think and uh so one of the photographers there actually snapped that and I like he was just like could you he like called my name and I looked and that's when he took it so that was that's actually a pretty cool photo nice oh the photo yeah. looks good yeah I was waiting to get chronoed <laughs> uh we all that's always the longest part the longest yeah. wait is always to get chronoed <laughs> yes all right let's look at full send now here we have some deeper questions that we can use to learn more about you and your airsoft journey so far so okay. First question is just about your greatest accomplishment. This is a complete license to brag. So let us know about your greatest airsoft-related accomplishment. So I think um, it's mainly finding like, I mean, there's a few things I feel like I'm super proud of. Um, I'm super proud of like all the friends that I made and all of that, but like, I feel like uh, my uh, website and everything and all the events that I'm doing on YouTube and all the uh, the videos that I'm doing for, you know, whatever, but like all of that's bringing the airsoft community together. And I feel like I know in the U.S., like everything is very toxic. Now, I don't know how it is outside of the U.S., but most of the airsoft content is super, super toxic. And I'm trying to make something that's not that because it's not that. Like when you play, there are times, but it's not shit all the time. It's actually amazing. Otherwise, we wouldn't play it, right? So, well, it's like ten percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, I feel like, but that's what gets the most views, and that's why people post it. And yeah, that's why, like, I I don't post cheater videos, and I don't post injury videos, just yeah. because it, it destroys the sport. Exactly, and I, I that just raise my respect for you tenfold because uh, people do respect. and people people will and I just I I mean I sat down with a kid um who wanted to play airsoft and they were telling me about their fears of it and they were crying when they sat in an airsoft arena and like I sat down and talked to them about how it's literally not like that and I feel like it's our fault because the creators of the community are just shoving out the worst shit possible and it's sad you know well, we, yeah. the, grow the sport. we need the sport to continue and if if yeah. we kill the sport it won't you know continue so yeah that sucks for it's everyone very hard to tell youtubers from a certain country not to be selfish <laughs> i know of course but that's why, I mean, I feel like good will prevail. We can all, you know, just push out the positive content and, you know, eventually that will get them more likes. Be funny, you know? Yeah. Funny gets fucking views too. You don't have to mag dump a child just to to get a couple, you know, 100K views. And then what, you know? Except, you know, if the kid deserves it, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 
Also, like just good advice in general is if you're gonna commit a crime, don't film it. Like Yes, this is true. Yeah, don't hey, this is me in a bank robbery. Turn off your GoPro. Like <laughs> look what I'm doing. There's so many people uh, that got in trouble for that recently. Like we had that in Japan. Like we had this um during Halloween a few years ago, there was um uh a truck tried to drive through this big crowd of people. And it was like 2 a.m. And they're driving through like the Halloween area where it's all like blocked off. Mm. And you're not supposed to drive through here. And this little truck, you don't even have trucks this small in America. They're called K-class trucks. And they're like the size of a tiny Daihatsu. And <laughs> this guy thought it was a good idea to drive it through the protesters. Um, not like to hit them, but like, because not protesters, the, the Halloween people because we're all having a, it's a street party and he thought it was a good idea to drive through uh very slowly and asking people to get out of the way and honking at everyone but it's 2 a.m everyone was drunk and we're like hey let's flip this car oh so um they flipped the car um uh, i was there and i was like yeah i'm leaving i don't want to be involved in this <laughs> and then there were security cameras around people were filming it people filmed it they put it up on facebook next day they all they got all got arrested it's like wow yeah what did you think would happen it's almost like you know there was surveillance or something and they figured out who you were it's crazy yeah don't yeah don't don't, don't make it easier for people to make it harder for you <laughs> seriously yeah but yeah also like just for yourself like don't be a dick. good quality videos follow the rules of the game do cool shit and you know don't ruin it yeah do cool shit be good or if you're not good just at least you know be funny yeah there you go all right tell me about a uh, embarrassing airsoft related moment oh god i feel like i have so many Top three. Um, hmm shit i know i'm missing one I mean, I guess it's just like the multitude of times that I've shot Billy because I thought he was, you know, on the other team. But it's not really embarrassing. I don't did know. Billy I know I have it? so many. I just can't remember. Did Billy deserve it? Did he say something? Oh, he always deserves it. Yeah, all the time. It's okay, like, you know, it's couples therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. So we've discussed a lot about Airsoft and like how Airsoft is changing at the moment. How do you want Airsoft to be in the next 10 years? Um, I mean, just, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's fine from where I'm at right now. Just be more innovative. Stop making just M4s, uh, less toxicity. But I mean, how do, that's how I want it. How do I expect it? Probably not much. I'd like to see more women play Airsoft. That'd be dope. Um, more women's BDUs, more stuff catered to women, that, you know, all that. That'd be awesome. That'd make me very happy. We've got some women BDUs in Japan, and I've seen like more women um, stuff coming out. Like I saw like some uh, corsets, like combat corsets and stuff, and yeah. just like BDUs that were like styled for women and stuff. Uh -huh. So it seems like it's coming out, but I guess you'll see a lot more of that stuff in America than you will in Japan because no, we won't. That's a thing. Like you guys have, have made so much more than we've seen. We have like cry precision and that's it. And like most women 
where normal people are not going to spend that much on cry, you know? It's but expensive. I can't afford cry. You did? No, I I, I can't. Like, it's yeah, oh, yeah, I no. price. I'm like, no, I'll just buy seven normal BDUs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I'll buy normal ones and I'll just tailor them. But, you know, th that's not very, you know, not a lot of people can do that. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anything you're working on at the moment? Uh, yeah, a few things. Uh, right now, I'm just working on uh, like this friends uh, video from EA Fest. Uh, but I have a multitude of videos coming out. Um, they're just, damn, I hate editing so much. It's so time consuming. Like I know people send their stuff out to get edited. I just can't. I can't have somebody else tell my story for me. So it just takes way more time. But um, yeah, so I'm working on that. I'm also working on building um, an AP01. And then I have a 7-in-1 giveaway that I'm doing because I reached 7K on Instagram and 1K on YouTube, which is freaking nuts. Like, it's mind hard to grow on YouTube now. Like YouTube is saturated. Oh, my God, it's nuts, dude. But like, um, it's just like so time consuming too, because like oh, as someone in like video, like learning to do videography, like you're trying to learn as you edit. So like everything takes so much time because you're like, well, what if I do this? And then you go and learn to do that. And then just, it's just yep. like a never ending cycle. But um, yeah, no, I'm working on a bunch of stuff. To run an airsoft empire is insane. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I'm I'm working on a few things. Um, yeah, that's uh, just a, a few different storylines that I'm going on through my YouTube, and then um, a few things with I guess building, and then the giveaways. That's mainly my thing right now. And then I have an event that I'm planning very soon, which you guys will hear about soon, which is very really up my alley. Yeah. I need to put up my events for next week. I haven't done that yet. Uh, event planning takes so much work. <laughs> yeah. You plan events in, uh, in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. I got death row events. I've got my own like meetup page and stuff like that. So you get the uh, the SEO and the backlinks. That's really cool. So when people type in like Airsoft Tokyo, like my page will like come up and they can just join via the meetups. That is, that's awesome. Do you like build like full storylines for each one or like how, how are yours run mostly? Well, like at the moment, we're just looking at really just doing pickup games because we need to get a bigger um, audience of people that we can bring to games. Um, yeah. And then after we, we've got like 30 or so people that like come to our events. But when we get it to like 50 or 100 or so, we'll start doing like full rentals where we'll rent out like entire fields and then have our own like private games. And then I'd like to turn that into like a small like mill sim or something like that, but it's yes. it's difficult because uh, we're not doing it in Japanese. Like we can speak Japanese, but there's a lot of people doing it in Japanese. So we're just focusing on doing it in English mm -hmm. and lots of Japanese players like want to play in English because it's more fun and it, it seems more like the movies. So <laughs> it's, it's a niche market, but it's uh, it's growing. And I don't want to organize events in Japanese. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I speak like, I guess, uh, like Polish and English, but not very good Polish. So if I had to do something in Polish, I'd be screwed, honestly. Yeah, it's it's stressful. It. All right. But it's very impressive.
let's look at the last part here. I have some uh, personal questions. Sure. So I've noticed uh, that you've started making an airsoft bucket list. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about this? Uh, so it was kind of like a, a joke for a little bit, just or just like more like a, a notebook where I was writing down notes or just like things that like I've always wanted to do. Um, and then some of the things started like happening. So I was like, why? And I was filming them at the time. So I was like, why don't I actually do like a series based on the like my bucket list um and it'll like give me more inspiration to actually fulfill them so not only am I getting to do things that I've always wanted to do but it's also holding me accountable to do these things um but you know uh like one of them was living in a house with a bunch of airsofters and and being at a field but like it was on a like the one that I actually did was on a lower scale so like my next one is going to be like living in a house with like 10 random airsofters in, in, in somewhere I've never been to next to another field. And then I'm um, just traveling, you know, across the world, like a little, and then there's like little ones too, like um, making not a little one, but like um, helping someone fulfill their bucket list items, um, giving away like you know getting newer air so like, there's a lot of different things including the one event that i'm i'm working on but it, it's really fun dude it's 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 actually like forcing me to do things that i want to do you know so that i can keep i mean you know because there's like this need for content and um but if it's like doing something that you have always wanted to do it just makes it so much more fulfilling and wanting to do except for like the editing part which sucks but it does, it does. <laughs> you know well yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great thing like for youtube and stuff like that if you want to keep your motivation don't chase the algorithm instead right. just find things that you want to do that yeah. you know will work with the algorithm but if you just chase the algorithm you just burn out so quickly because you're like wait i hate this this is work yeah Exactly. And, and that's what happened to me initially. Like I had serious airsoft and like content burnout and I just yep. quit everything for a while. I've done that. And, I mean, sometimes it's necessary, you know, just gotta, you know, remember why you love airsoft and love making videos and don't worry about like what the standards are, the algorithm and just do it for what you want to do it for, you know, just, just the love of the hobby, the love, the I love of the game exactly for me my whole thing is i have endpoints. so like for like the podcast at the moment i'm recording 20 episodes and that's season one and then after season one i'm taking a break before i do season two like having deadlines yeah, yeah. and endpoints, finality to things allows you to work hard and finish them but if it's just a weekly podcast that goes forever oh burnout it's a lot yeah for sure uh, the, I mean, this is 20 podcasts already. That seems like an insane amount. So props to you. That's that's a lot of work, a lot of editing, a lot of hours for sure. Yeah, but it's fun. I get to talk to, you know, interesting people around the world. And yeah, I get to grow my connections and, you know, meet cool people. So yeah, what you're doing is amazing. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here learning so much too. So I, I appreciate that. That's incredible. Yeah, I want I want to give back to the community. You know, become Loki, become Loki famous. But you know, <laughs> that's all right. We could all become Loki. <laughs> all right. 
We're not uh, mag dumping people and like doing it for clout. We're good. <laughs> not mag dumping them on camera. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep it secret. Uh, like, what was it? There's a great line in the show Billions where this the the character is telling his son uh, about a fight in the school. And his his son was his like ten year old son got into a fight in primary school and punched the other kid like in the face and then the teacher saw it and he got suspended, and the character is telling to his son he's like look, do you know why you got in trouble? And he's like yeah because I punched the other kid. He's like no, because you got caught. caught. Yeah, you you punched (laughs) him in front of a teacher. Yeah, you need to punch him. You go to the back of the school where there's no people. You punch him in the ribs, not the face. And then when he tells the teacher, there's no evidence, you say he fell, you'll be off scot-free. You're like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. But also, yeah, for sure, I'm not sure though. if it's good or bad parenting, though. Um, I would, mm, I mean, depends. Right? It depends on your values. It depends on, like, how shitty the other kid was. Did he deserve <laughs> to get punched? Did the kid deserve it? Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> We are, we are talking about beating up children now, so it's not a good. <laughs> oh God! All right, next question. <laughs> oh, I know you like traveling. Uh, you've traveled a lot across the U.S., but where are you going to next? Uh, so then the next plan is probably uh, Nashville, Tennessee, because I have a bunch of friends over there that keep coming out to follow here. But I know Nashville. Um, they just got uh they didn't like reopen yeah they reopened with new management and always wanted to go there but then there's some a friend in brazil that i would like to go visit because i know the airsoft community is phenomenal out there the airsoft community in brazil is insane they have they have some good shit and some lax laws yeah so that is definitely high up there on where i want to go next for sure and then probably back to california because you know who doesn't love California? So, but yeah, those are those are like the main three places on my mind right now. Where would you go first place if you had the chance? Um, I want to come to America just to take part in Milsims, uh, because mm-hmm. we don't have Milsims in Tokyo, and it seems like you guys have just the best Milsim community. Summer. Yeah, and then go over to Europe because I got. I know a lot of friends in Europe that are in the airsoft scene that have really good shit as well. So I want to do that. Also do like South American airsoft. Uh, yeah, I just want that whole like worldwide airsoft tour. Uh, New Zealand is also amazing for airsoft apparently. But Australia sucks. Uh, we have no airsoft in Australia. We have gelsoft. I know. Yeah. So uh, we actually worked we with some airsofters uh, for uh, full auto airsoft. And uh, we hear all the wonderful stories about the Australian uh, government with airsoft and everything. Yeah, you got gel ball. That's what they call it, right? I don't care. <laughs> you don't live there. You've got nothing to worry oh, about now. Problem. But yeah, it sucks. That That's I'm good with that. <laughs> All right. So this is the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us for the Last two hours. Wow, this is a long one. Holy, really that long? Yeah, time flies when you're Holy talking to Stuart, apparently. That's crazy. Well, thank you for having me. This was so fun. This was <laughs> a, like eye-opening and just it, it was super chill talking to you. So thank you so much for having me on.
Yeah. So for the last part of the podcast, feel free to uh, tell people uh, how they can contact you, uh, what you've got going on. Shout out your friends, teammates, sponsors. The uh, the mic is yours. All right. So shameless plug time. Um, you can follow me at little miss underscore airsoft on Instagram and most, I guess, platforms. Um, my current sponsors are Rogue Customs, Anola Gay, uh, Smoke Grenades, um, and Filetto Airsoft, who is obviously also my player, but definitely go follow all of them. And um, other pages you should look out for are the New York teams that I am friends with. You should check out New York Insomnia, and you should also check out Nebula Airsoft, both two amazing airsoft teams on the East Coast, and then Billy Blowback, just because, because yes, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for the podcast. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll be able to meet you in uh, real life uh, one day and well, shoot you. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. And then also, which I'll be sending you these too. Uh, if you want to buy some slow QB patches because you're a slow QB airsofter, you can go on lonomusairsoft.com. Maybe I'll even make like a special code if you're here from this podcast, but you could get these guys. I'm going to send you some too. Cool. But yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> of course. Bye. All right, guys. Have a good night.